Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. So we continue our series this morning, A Faith Over Fear. I was reading a story about uh, a person who was in a taxi. I think this was in the United States of America. Uh, and uh, the passenger was in the back. Does anyone ever sit in the front seat of a taxi? No? What about an Uber? It might affect your rating. You should always sit in the front because you get rated by the Uber driver, which is kind of weird, isn't it? But anyway, uh, most people sit in the back of a taxi. It's kind of weird sitting in the front of the taxi. It's a bit like when I take my kids to school. No one sits in the front. They all sit in the back. Uh, but that, this guy was sitting in the back, lady was sitting in the back, the driver was driving, and then the passenger of the taxi had a, a question to ask, and, and so she kind of leaned forward to the driver and, and gently tapped the, the driver on the shoulder. And when the driver got tapped on the shoulder, he, he just freaked out. The driver started to scream, lost control of the cab, uh, nearly hit a bus, swerved, hit a bus, drove up the curb. Um, and stopped just centimetres before slamming into a great big glass window of a shopping centre. Now, for a few moments, there was silence in, in, the, in the taxi. Uh, the, the driver was kind of shaking, and, uh, are you okay, the passenger said. The driver said, are you okay? Yep, no worries. And, and then the, the passenger was apologising. I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to startle you. I'm, I'm really, you know, I wasn't, I just, I've just got this question. And then the driver said, I'm, it's, it's 100% my fault. I'm the one who has uh, freaked out. You've got to understand, this is the first day of my taxi driving career. The last 25 years, I've been driving a hearse. And so <laughs> you can imagine when, when he got tapped on the shoulder, he kind of freaked out. Um, and, and there's this general fear. We are looking at fears. Can anyone tell me what arachnophobia is? Fear of what? Spiders. Now, I don't want to make light of some of these phobias because for people who have them, they're real. Uh, anacrophobia? I'm not scared of spiders. What about this one? Hydrophobia? Water, that's pretty easy. You guys think you're clever, don't you? Uh, what about this one? Taxophobia? It, I've got taxophobia. I think lots of us have taxophobia, but it's not what you expect. Fear of being buried alive. Mm, taxophobia. Xenophobia. Fear of strangers. Claustrophobia. Fear. Who, I've got claustrophobia. I hate it. I freak out in the shower sometimes. Sharks. Fine. Claustrophobia. Uh, let me find another one. Mysophobia. M-Y-S-O-phobia. Fear of dirt. Fear of dirt. Anyone afraid of dirt? Few people afraid of dirt. Lots of phobias. You can Google them. Some really, really interesting ones. But you know what? Well, though, again, I don't want to make light of those phobias. Certain people, we all have different ones, maybe, and, and they can be quite debilitating and paralyzing. But there is so much to be afraid of. You turn on the TV, you flick through Facebook, you don't even have to do that stuff just in your own lives. You know there is so much going on and there's so much to be afraid of and scared of and, and it's a surprise we even move. We should all be locked in our rooms, wrapped in cotton wool and don't move. The world is a scary, scary place, especially now, volcanoes, tsunamis, COVID, 
We've got the big opening date, February the 5th. People, uh, there's, there is lots to be afraid of. And fear is a primary response. And sometimes when we're afraid, there's our initial response, we, we, we can't control that. It just comes and we're scared, just like the guy who was driving the taxi. The thing, though, is it is probably, and I want to, I think this is probably a biblical statement, that it's completely unnatural to our humanity as God first created us. Yes, fear is a natural feeling and can be useful. I don't know if you heard the story of two guys that are out camping, and they're out camping and a big grizzly bear rocked up. And one of the guys started putting his sneakers on and the other guy said, what are you doing? You can't outrun a bear. And he says, I don't have to outrun the bear, I only have to outrun you. Um, (laughs) There's a normal response to be afraid in that situation if there's a bear. So fear is a normal response. The issue is when we linger and fear controls and paralyzes and determines the things that we do and that we don't do. I believe it's completely unnatural to humanity as God first created us to live in fear. You know, the first emotion recorded in the Bible actually comes to us from Genesis 2, verse 25, up here on the screen. Now, Braden touched on the Genesis story last year in relation to how fear ultimately comes back to being in control. The reason we fear is because we want to be in control. And he talked about this from the Genesis story. But look there, the first emotion recorded in the Bible is this emotion of being unashamed. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. They were unashamed. One of the uh, most, uh, I suppose, ashamed feeling that you have in today's society is if you were to be caught naked, wouldn't you? Because you're fully exposed, that you can't hide anything. But in this situation, both Adam and Eve, they were both naked, yet they were unashamed. They enjoyed perfect intimacy with God and with one another. Then we know that the story happens, that sin comes along and they eat, uh, the apple, all that kind of stuff, they both eat. And what do they do when they eat? They realise they've dropped the ball and they what? They scurry off and hide. As it was, the routine, God would come to them every afternoon and walk around uh, the garden with them and God comes down and says, where are you guys? Now, God didn't, it wasn't hide and seek. It wasn't like God didn't know where they were. He knew where they were, but He knew something had shifted. It was almost like God was saying, what are you doing? And then right there, we see the second emotion. The first emotion uh, expressed in the Bible is this one of being unashamed. And then we see the second uh, emotion uh, or specific feeling being named. Look what it is here on the screen. What is it? This is Adam. It said, I heard you in the garden and I was, everyone say it, afraid. So the second time a feeling is mentioned is the feeling of afraid. The first one is unashamed. And then we read afraid. I was afraid because I was naked, because I didn't have control, because I was fully vulnerable, so I hid. And fear is a product of the fall. Fear is a product of the fall. Fear is a product of us turning our back on God and deciding to do it our own way. And for most of us, we've, or for throughout humanity, we've been grappling with and coping with this thing, fear, that controls our lives. I don't know if you can remember the SGIO kind of tagline up here on the screen. It was unworried. Does anyone remember that? No, it was obviously great marketing. 
Um, it was quite a few years ago. The only reason I remember it is because I had a friend of ours who lived with us. He, would, he knew that I was a bit of a worry wart, and every time he saw it, he would say to me, unworry, Anthony, unworry. In fact, in the city, they, have a, they used to have a big billboard, and it used to have SGIO, unworry. And the reason why you can unworry is because you're insured with them, and you can enjoy life, and you don't have to worry about your house burning and all this, because we've got your back is what it was, unworry. The words of Jesus, a little bit like SGIO, the words of Jesus is to unworry, to unworry. And this morning, we're going to look at this passage where Jesus talks about and tells us to unworry. Again, fear is a natural response. It's a valid feeling. But we get to choose how long we linger there. We get to choose whether we linger in fear or we choose faith, faith. Choose to focus on God, choose to uh, focus on beyond today. Uh, uh, fear without faith is absolutely crippling. Fear without faith brings, uh, paralyzes your life, it, it diminishes your life, it, it makes your life smaller. Fear without faith means you're probably not going to act in obedience when God calls you to things. Faith is what allows us to keep on going. To faith, uncertainty. Look at this Bible passage in John chapter 14. Now, the, the context here is Jesus is obviously, uh, just before this chapter, Jesus has gathered his disciples and he's washed all their feet and he's leading to telling them about when he, he will be betrayed. He's told them that they will, he will be betrayed by one of them and that he'll be handed over to the Pharisees and he's starting to tell them that there's going to be a time where he will leave, that they won't have him there that he will be nailed to a cross and all that kind of stuff. And he's telling them this, and then he says this. He says in verse uh, 1, chapter 14, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. Even just reading that, I don't know about you, but even just in reading that, it brings a sense of peace. There's something about just hearing Jesus say, do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled, guys. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Now that, uh, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Some translations say believe in God. You believe, trust, faith. They're all, they're all related. Uh, but that, that little trust in God, trust also in me is, is actually a present tense. There's a present tense in the verb there. And so it's actually saying, it implies a continuous action. It doesn't say this is a one-off trust in God, but it says trusting in God. Keep believing, keep trusting in God, keep trusting in me. This is a daily thing that we wake up, do not let your hearts be troubled, keep trusting in God, keep believing in God, keep trusting in Jesus, keep believing in Jesus. This is what he is saying. Then if you read the rest of that passage, he goes on and he talks about the reason we can trust God is because the Father has a house and it's got lots of rooms and he's going away to repair a room for, for anyone who, who has said yes to him and, and he talks about this and, and then he goes on and, uh, and he says that the only way to the Father is through him and then he talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the guide, the counsellor. And he talks about the Spirit. And then we get this beautiful passage in verse 27. And this is what Jesus says. So remember what he said to start with. And then he says, Peace I leave with you. 
my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, there it is again, and do not be afraid. There's lots to be afraid about. There's lots going on. But these words of Jesus ring true just as they did 2,000 years ago. The disciples weren't sure what was going to happen when Jesus left. We're not sure when Jesus is going to come back. There's lots going on in our word and we need to grab this passage so we don't live by fear but we live by faith. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Now, I don't want to upset anyone here or offend anyone here but this peace is from Jesus. He says it here that it's Jesus' peace. My peace I give to you. And so the only way you can receive this peace... The only way you can have this peace is by having Jesus, by knowing Jesus. If you're not a Christian, if you haven't said yes to Jesus, you can't experience this peace. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, it's my peace. I leave this with you. My peace I give to you. And he goes on and he, and he compares it. He says, I do not give to you as the world gives. The world will try to give peace. Now, some peace that the world gives is, is, is not good. It's, it's temporary. It doesn't last. And it's actually designed to hurt you. Other parts uh, or, or aspects of peace the world tries to give, there's nothing inherently wrong with it or bad or evil with it. But it's nowhere near the peace that comes from knowing God. We can find peace or aspects of peace in other things by being prepared maybe, or, or our relationships, the, the, all that kind of stuff, the health, all that, we can find some peace in that, and it's not necessarily bad, wrong or evil, but it's not the peace that comes from Jesus. He brings the ultimate peace, peace. the word there is this shalom, an aspect of wholeness, He will make you fully whole, it's His peace, and you can only have this peace if you're a Christian. Well, not even, I don't even want, you don't have to use the word, the term Christian. You can only have this, this peace if you've said yes to Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, if you follow Jesus, that's when you can experience that peace. It's a peace born from a living, personal relationship with Jesus. Now, when you say yes to Jesus, you have access to that peace. But I want to suggest to you this morning that 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 peace can be deepened the closer uh, we, we grow or the more we surrender our life to Jesus. This is kind of what Braden was talking about last week. When we, when we give up control, when we surrender our life to Jesus, we get to experience this peace more and more. It's a peace born from a living personal relationship with Jesus. You can't have it if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. It's deepened through a growing and surrendering life over to Jesus. And again, even reading this passage brings uh, me much, much peace, ironically. Uh, 2020 uh, was a big year for me and this is a verse that really just kept me focused. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now that's all really good, great verse, put it on a t-shirt or a coffee mug or a card. And, but what, what, how do we... How do we make this tangible because every single one of us here have have those phobias but we also have day-to-day -day concerns and fears life throws things at us that we don't want to face life throws things at us that we probably shouldn't even need to go through some of the stuff is our own doing some of the stuff is nothing we didn't do anything wrong and we have these fears and concerns and and worries and yet Jesus says we are not to be afraid 
So as I was reflecting over this, this passage, I've just, this week, just jotted down some three points. They might not be very good, because I kind of just jotted them down, but that's what you're getting this morning. And, and this is, there's just three points of reflection. And, and some of them may seem a little bit cliche, but there's truth in all three of them, okay? Because when it comes to fear, it, it can be very personal and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I don't want to um, diminish that by a cliche statement like, it's okay, God has got this. You know, and, and some of those statements, they mean well, and there's tr- an aspect of truth to that. So some of them may be a little bit cliche, um, but there's truth to all three of them. And the first point is this, choose to come out of hiding. Is that cliche? You haven't heard what the point is yet, so you can't say it yet. Choose to come out of hiding. I don't know if you remember the story of King Saul, first king of Israel. Samuel was a prophet. The people of Israel wanted a king. We want a king. We want a king, just like all the other nations. Samuel goes and starts to look for a king. God leads him to Saul and says, because Saul is big and strong and handsome, um, not like me, more like Peter. Um, and he anoints Saul to be the king of Israel. He anoints him privately to be the king of Israel. Now, Saul is kind of an interesting character because there's aspects that he wants to be the king, but also there's some, some huge insecurities and, and, and huge fears. Look how Saul responds after being anointed the king of Israel. Look here up on the screen, 1 Samuel 10, 17 and 24. Samuel summoned the people of Israel uh, to the Lord of Mizpah and said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I brought Israel out of Egypt, I delivered you from the power of Egypt and all the kingdoms that oppressed you. And you have now rejected your God who saves you uh, from all these disasters and calamities. You have said, no, appoint a king over us, appoint a king. So now present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and clans. So he's gathering the people of Israel. When Samuel had all of Israel come forward by tribes, the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. Uh, Then he brought forward the tribe of Benjamin clan by clan. He goes through the clans. Finally, Saul, son of Kish. That's got a nice ring to it. Son of Kish was taken. And when they looked at him, uh, he was not to be found. So they inquired further of the Lord. Has the man come here yet? So they've got this big thing to announce him king. Where is he? Where Where is Saul? Where is Saul? Where is Saul? And the Lord said, yes, he has hidden himself among the supplies. Wouldn't bring much confidence, would it? The next king of, of, of the nation is hiding in the cleaner's cupboard. He's hiding. He doesn't want to come out. Why? Because he's afraid. He's afraid. Anyway, it goes on and says they ran and brought him out. So they basically dragged him out. And as he stood among the people, he, he was a head taller than any other. So he was... He was a big guy. Samuel said to all the people, Do you see the man the Lord has chosen? There is no one like him among all people. Then the people shouted, Long live the king who hides in the cleaning cupboard. Now, there's no question if you were to be the next king of Israel, actually, if you're called to lead Israel for the first time, they've never had a king before, that would be a scary thing, wouldn't it? I probably would want to hide. Now, if we look through the story of Saul, we see this plague him, this insecurity and this fear throughout his leadership journey. But Saul here chose to handle this challenge by what? 
hiding. By hiding. He became nowhere to be found. And part of our human nature is to do the same. When things pop up, things that are unexpected, things that we don't want to face, fears come along and our natural, sometimes, some of us, we hide, we flee. We, we don't want anything to do with it. I'm afraid. I know this. This is part of sometimes what I do. I'm, I'm like Saul. I hide. I hide what I think. I hide what I'm feeling. I don't tell anyone what I'm thinking. I don't tell anyone what I'm feeling. Maybe you can relate to that. I hide my guilt. I, I hide my feelings. I, I hide behind other things like work and, and, and a busy schedule so I don't have to connect. I hide. So sometimes physically I might be there. Physically you might be there, but you're actually hiding because something's going on. You're afraid of something. Here are some signs that you may be hiding. You rely on texting someone or texting people and you avoid phone calls. Use your free time for, my, for yourself. Nothing wrong with free time, but you constantly use your free time for yourself. Solo activities like watching TV, thinking, uh, 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 getting away, escaping. Things that kind of dull your brain. You have lots of excuses as why you can't hang out with people. Again, this isn't introvert or extrovert. This is because you're withdrawing, you're hiding. This fear is, has crept in and overtaken your life. Lots of excuses. I'm too tired. I've too much to do today. I've got to go home, wash my hair, that kind of thing. You don't share your real thoughts and feelings even when you're around other people. So you, you, you don't express your feelings. You don't express your opinions because you're hiding. You don't, this, is a, this is a big one. You don't make decisions. It's hard for you to make decisions or you avoid making decisions because, again, you may be present but you're actually hiding. You may actually remove yourself completely and actually isolate and want nothing to do with people or things. Now, in, in some circumstances and for some time, that's okay to remove yourself from, from people and it's, but not for a long time, not for a long period because then we're hiding. Has your fear... Oh, the other thing is you stop reading your Bible, you stop praying. So you tend to hide from, uh, so, so horizontal relationships, you hide from them, and vertical relationship, you hide from that. Does this remind you of anything? In the garden, they hid from each other, so the, the, the horizontal, and they hid from God, vertical. And we do the same, we do the same. But if we want to experience the peace the peace that comes from Jesus, that Jesus dies for that so we can be right there and we can be right there. He says, do not hide. We have to choose faith over fear, choosing to come out of hiding and connect. And again, this is some people are more introverted and extroverted. I'm not talking about that. You know your levels and actually you know when you're removing yourself out of fear because you don't want to connect with anyone or you don't want to deal with this. You can't make a decision uh, in a time of fear. We need to be fighting the temptation to hide. Fighting the temptation to hide. I can remember many years ago, I did a funeral. And, you know, for, for doing a funeral, is, I suppose for most people, would be a scary thing. Now, for me, I've done quite a few and, and, and I'm reasonably good at it. Uh, the person in the coffin doesn't write any negative comments. No, no. <laughs> um, but there was this one, one funeral that I, was, I did, and it was for a, a child. I, I, I rocked up, and uh, I, had, I was overwhelmed with fear. Overwhelmed with fear. 
And I, I literally, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, I, I wanted to run and hide. I li- almost did, almost ran off and hid. Could you imagine this poor family that have entrusted me to run this funeral, this service for their, their, their loved one that they lost, if I'd run off and hid in the cleaner's cupboard? But there was this immense fear to hide and it wasn't because of speaking in public, it was none of that, it was more to do with my own insecurities, more to do with uh, that, that I was not worthy to be doing this and those fears kind of crept in and, and so for you it may be different and maybe you've had the point where, you, and I, there's been times, and actually I did the funeral, it was fine, um, but, but there's been times in my life where I haven't, I've run off and hid because fear drove me to do it and I chose fear instead of faith. Do you see any signs that your fear has made you go into hiding? That's the question this morning. How can you choose faith over fear and step out of hiding to connect with a friend or two today? I was reading, I've been reading a book, I'm only halfway through it, and it talks about how, we, how habits form our lives. And we've got so many habits. And, and, and he talks about the cycle of a habit There is a cue that something happens uh, and then there's a routine and there's a reward. And he talks about how we can break bad habits. And the way we break bad habits is by replacing it with another habit. And he talks talks about some bad habits like maybe smoking and alcohol alcohol abuse, all that kind of stuff. And they did some research and they, they, they talked about how people developed this cue, they developed a new routine and there was a reward... And, and what made the new habit stick wasn't just the routine of doing the habit over and over again. And he referred to Alcohol's Anonymous, where they, where they go. And he said, the ones that are successful, yes, they're the ones that develop a new routine, but they also have something else. Do you know what that was? It was the community aspect. It was their ability not to isolate and hide. And he said, sometimes the routine in and of itself works, but when the routine and there's, there's a, uh, a community, there's no isolating, it works even better. And, th- and this guy's not a Christian, not, not at all, but, he, but it's interesting how that works. That when we isolate, it's not good. We need, to, we need to come into community. What are you hiding from? Is there anything you're hiding from? So point one, cliche or not, choose to come out of hiding. Point two... Choose to pray instead of being enslaved to fear. Choose to pray instead of being enslaved to fear. Do you worry more than you pray? Yes. Do you worry more about a situation than you pray about a situation? There's a a good parameter to figure out whether this, this cliche point applies to you. Because if you're worrying more about it, then you're praying about it, then, then we need to apply this. Look at this passage, Romans 8, 15. I love this. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Now, I haven't received that, but sometimes I feel like that's what I've got. Instead, you've received God's spirit. Whose spirit is it? God's spirit. When he adopted you as his own children, now we call him Ab- Abba Father. And what I love about this, it says that the spirit that we received isn't ours, it comes from God. 
okay? But then it says, because of that, we can, we can call him father, uh, this kind of Abba, meaning dada, or, or, or there's a loving relationship. And I was reflecting on that, 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 you know, when I was a kid, and if you've got children, when you're scared, who do you call for? Anyone? <laughs> Superman, Spider-Man, parents. Do you call for your parents? Gee, you guys are hard. So, so when I was a kid... If I was afraid, I, I was having a nightmare about, I don't know, five kilo spaghetti monster or whatever I'd have nightmares about, I would yell out and I would yell out, Mum or Dad, wouldn't you? If you've got kids, they do the same now. Mum, Dad. In that moment of fear, who do they yell out for? Their mum, their dad. And this is what I love about this. Paul is saying that you have a, you're not, you're not fear, uh, slaves to fear. You have God's Spirit in you, you're adopted as children, and you can call Him Abba Father. So in those times of fear, you cry out, God, just like you would cry out, Mom or Dad. God, help. It's a beautiful reminder that when we have not received a Spirit that makes us fearful slaves, but we can cry out just like a child does to a mum or dad and say, Help, I'm scared. I don't want to hide. I don't want to run. Help me. Have you been living as a slave to fear? What fears have you been enslaving or have been enslaving you? What are some of the things you've been feeling fearful about? Have you spent more time worrying about them or praying about them? Take time to humbly ask God for help with them today. I don't know if you know the story of Daniel. Great, great story. Daniel uh, was was a godly guy, and they were uh, enslaved. Oh, where were they? Babylon or the Persians or the Syrians? One of those. Anyway, uh, the king of the day ordered a decree that anyone who was worshiping any other god would be put to death, basically thrown to the lions. Now, God is uh, uh, Daniel is is a follower of Yahweh, a follower of God. He could have got really worried at that stage, but he didn't. If you know the story, so that actually they were trying to, uh, a group of politicians were trying to trick Daniel and get him in trouble, and so they, they convinced the king to sign this decree. For the next 30 days, anyone caught worshipping uh, any other god other than the king himself would be put to death. And, uh, and so we read that Daniel goes and prays. Look at this passage up here, up on the screen. He says this, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room, where the windows opened towards Jerusalem, so to to the homeland. There, uh, three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he'd done before. Now, he could, have, he could have figured out maybe there's a way, a legal way we can change this decree. Uh, maybe I could blog about it. Maybe I could, who, who can I influence? He could have got really scared about all that kind of stuff. But what does he do? He chose to pray instead of being a slave to fear. Now, you know the rest of the story. He got thrown in the, the lion's den and, and, and uh, he, he chilled out with the lions for a night, um, which is incredible faith as well. So when you worry, pray. And I'm not preaching from a, a place of superiority here. I, 
<laughs> I have to remind myself, my wife reminds myself all the time, have you been praying about that? Why are you worrying about it? Pray about it. I'm like, well, you pray for me. It's, why do we do that? Because generally, I feel better after I pray. And it's not just about the feeling. It doesn't mean the situation even changes. But generally, when I do stop and pray, I actually feel more at peace. Does, has anyone else experienced that? Yes. But there's something that kind of blocks us, doesn't it? Stops us. So here's the cliche reminder. The cliche reminder is, choose to pray instead of being enslaved to fear. And when we do that, we get to experience the peace I leave with you, the peace that I give to you. And the third point is this, choose to feed your faith instead of your fear. It's great how it fit on the screen. It's such a great point. It's such a big point, such an important point. It doesn't even fit on the screen. Isn't that awesome? I'm having a great time. Choose to feed your faith instead of your fear. You might have heard this, this little story. I don't think it's a true story, but it makes a really cool point uh, about a, uh, I don't know what the politically correct term is here, Cherokee Indian. Is that okay? It was having a conversation with his grandson about the battle that goes inside of the person. You may have heard this story. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves inside of us. One is evil. Uh, There's envy and jealousy and sorrow and regret and greed and arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, lies, uh, false pride and ego. And he says, the other wolf is, is good. It's joy and peace and love and hope and humility and kindness and empathy and generosity, truth, compassion and faith. And then the grandson thought about it for a minute and, and he asked his grandfather which, which wolf wins, the good wolf or the, or the bad wolf? And, and, and the grandfather re- replied by saying, the one you feed. So the one you feed, whether, if you feed that wolf, it's going to grow up and be strong. If you feed that one, it's going to... And, and, and again, it's a bit of a corny little story. But there's truth to that. The life of a Christian, if we, if we feed the flesh... We will bear fruit of the flesh. If we feed the Spirit, we'll bear the fruit of the the Spirit. Choose to feed your faith instead of your fear. I think it can be very convenient to, to feed our fears. It's a lot easier to feed our fears, isn't it? We, we, we can get fixated on our fears, whatever they are. And some of the stuff that we're facing are actually really things to fear in some ways. They're real serious things. But we can meditate on that and we can fix ourselves on that and focus on those fears and all we're doing is we're making that thing stronger. Whereas we need to feed our faith. When we feed our faith, that becomes stronger. doesn't necessarily take away those fears. doesn't mean that, again, that situation is going to change or remove itself. It just means that that becomes stronger than the fear. We were down in Bustin a couple of weeks ago and walking along the foreshore, getting absolutely ravaged by flies. Um, it was a beautiful experience. And then, the, I don't know if you've been to the foreshore lately in Boston, beautiful. And they've got all these kind of little fitness things along this path. And there's one that has, it had about six boxes and smaller, and these boxes kept getting bigger. And then the last box is quite, no, it's probably about there. And what you have to do is you, you start from here and you jump to that box and you jump to that box and... And finally, the last one, it's like the Grand Canyon, you have to jump up to there. And, and so we stopped, the Palmieri family, quite competitive. And so 
um, we, the kids started doing it, and they'd get to the last one before the big one. <coughs> no movement. Took a long time before the movement. I had to literally push them off um, just to get them moving. Anyway, they couldn't do it, and so Dad steps up, and I get to there, <laughs> I get to the last bit, and I thought I was a lot more athletic than I am, <laughs> because I literally tried to jump, and I, I seriously think I would have got over a credit card just, mm, poof, straight into the, the box. I'm like, man. So we kept doing it. Eventually, this is a true story, eventually, I did get up. I'm not going to, I nearly smashed my shin and broke it open, but I jumped up and pulled myself up on that thing. It was a matter of family pride. And uh, I did get up there, but what was surprising was, what do you think happened as soon as old fat dad got up there? <laughs> Before you know it, Josiah and then Michaela, and did you get up? Yep, Siobhan, they all got up. <laughs> and then it was just like free-flowing, you know, like line up, everyone get up. And they just kept doing, but it was interesting, the psychology behind that. They saw the fat old ball guy get up onto, the, onto it, and they're like, oh, it isn't impossible. And, and that's like almost feeding your faith. We, we can, they were encouraged, I know it's, again, I'm full of corny little illustrations today, but, but when we see that, when we feed our faith, how do you feed your faith? Bible, prayer walks, music, praying into a group of other people, serving not allowing yourself to get isolated, reading stories of, of other people of faith and, and, and sharing and all that kind of stuff, that feeds your faith. So choose to come out of hiding. Choose to pray instead of being enslaved to fear. Choose to feed your faith instead of your fear. Let me read that passage again. And I want us to... And, and maybe, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a, a passage you can memorize for 2022. Maybe it's a passage you can memorize. John 16, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I, know, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I'll ask the musos to come on up as I just finish with this one last little story. And you probably know it. Like I said, there's lots going on in the world and, and, and there always has been since the beginning of time. There's always been lots going on. At the moment, though, we all hear about it because of the way communication and, and things move. There's a beautiful story in, in the Gospels. Jesus with his disciples, he's on the edge of the Lake of Galilee and um, he, he, he sends his disciples off in the lake. Now, in that time where he sends them off, we... we, we can put together that we think that Jesus went off and was doing what? Praying, that he was feeding his own soul, that he was preparing himself. He wasn't feeding uh, or fueling the fears. I don't know if Jesus had fears. Uh, if you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane where he's right at the end and, 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 and he's, he's sweating blood and he actually asked God, he says, God, if, if there's a chance that I could bypass this, please... But, but your will be done. He actually asked more than once, didn't he? I think he asked twice. Whether he was afraid, I don't know, whether it was his, the human aspect of him, but there's a sense there that he did ask, if there's another way, let it be, but again, I'll do your will. And we know that he goes to the cross, he, he falls to the will of God. 
But Jesus is it's off praying, fueling his faith, not his fears. Again, I, I don't know if I want to say Jesus had fears. The disciples go off in their boat, and they're out in the middle of the lake. You know this story. And there's a big storm. And again, most of these guys were fishermen, so it would have been a big storm if they were scared. This is the waves were crashing, and, and uh, the, the disciples were, were screaming and crying like little children is the literal Greek. If you look at it, you'll see that. Um, and then all of a sudden, they see what looks to be a ghost. In fact, they think, is it a ghost? If, if it's a ghost, no, it's not a ghost. Or is it Jesus? And then we, we, we hear and we read, sorry, that one of the disciples gets out. Who's that disciple? He's a crazy disciple. We're going to be doing a series on the disciples in the, in the coming weeks. And so Peter gets out of the boat and he starts to walk towards Jesus. He chooses to focus on Jesus. He chooses to feed the faith, not the fear. And he's walking out. I'd love to know what the other disciples were thinking. Oh, man, he's walking on water. Oh, man, what an idiot. He's going to sink. He didn't even bring a towel. I'd love to know what they're thinking. And Peter walks out. He's walking towards Jesus. And again, you probably know the rest of the story. What does Jesus turn? Uh, sorry, what does Peter start to notice? It says that he, he looks and he sees the, the crashing waves and the lightning and, and the, all that kind of stuff. He, and he starts to what? Sink. And Jesus lets him drown. No, it says that Jesus puts his hands in and pulls him out and says, You have little faith. You should have chose faith over fear. He kind of rebukes gently Peter. I'd still rather be Peter because imagine the story he gets to tell his grandkids. I walked on water. Has anyone else done that? Just me and Jesus. But so often, again, what a great analogy for us. In our life, and more so probably now than, than we're experienced previously, there's lots of things going on. Those things can cause us to hide, to flee. Those things can bring up phobias and fears and, and all those types of things. Or we can choose faith. We can choose faith. We can choose to come out of hiding. We can choose to pray in that moment, in that time. We can choose to feed our faith, not our fear, by focusing on Jesus. I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. If you're right now struggling with a certain type of fear or worry, I want to pray for you specifically. And again, I don't know your situation. I don't need to know it. But if you want me to pray this prayer right now, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand because you're... By raising your hand, you're saying you want to choose not to hide. You want to choose to pray. And you want to choose to feed faith, not fear. Just raise your hand. It's great. Father, lots of hands are going up and we want to thank you for that, Father. I want to pray for every single person who has raised their hands this morning. 
Lord, I don't know their situation. I don't know their circumstances. I don't know their fear. You do, Lord. You know all of their story. You know what they're facing. You know what they're worried about. You know what they're afraid about, Lord. And Lord, I pray right now by the power of your spirit, the wonderful counsel, the one that is the comforter, the one that brings guidance, the one that illuminates, the one that brings your peace. I pray right now, Jesus, that these people with their hands up will experience the peace that comes from you. Not a peace that the world brings, but a peace that comes from you. Right now, Lord, Jesus, we ask, take their fear away. Take their worry away. That they would trust and believe, Lord, that they would experience that peace in tangible and real ways, Father. Father, if they need to come out of hiding, I pray that you would call them. Pray, uh, Father, I pray and ask that you'd remind them to, for them to stop and pray. And Lord, right now that they would be, their faith would be filled in this moment. Lord, you did not give us a spirit of timidity or fear, but one of, of love and self-discipline. Help us to walk in that. Father, I do pray for everyone else as well, that you would help us to choose uh, to come out of hiding, choose to pray instead of being enslaved by fear, and choose to feed our faith, not our fear. We ask this, we pray this, we believe this. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen.